Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 6, Episode 262, and we kindly ask that you please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all wide audio podcast platforms and video content on our related Black and Gold Hockey Podcast YouTube channel. I'm your host, Mark Allred, and it's been a minute since this lovely lady right here has been with me. What's up, Heather? Hello. Hi, missed you. You guys have been uh, having some fun. I saw you and the boys doing your thing this weekend. Um, yep. Kick the girl out of the out of the clubhouse and did the man yeah. time. No, I'm kidding. You don't even no, invite me. It's a she women. Uh, what is it? The he he man she woman haters club or whatever from the little right. rascals. That's what you guys are. <laughs> Why can't I think yeah. of what it is? I don't know. But good, glad to be back. So yeah, how's that, how's everything? It's been a while. All right, you know. Just living every day like everyone else. Get up. We've had some crazy wind the last few days here. Glad that our internet and uh, electricity are still working up down yeah. here in the valley. But uh, yeah, no. How's yours? Good? Same yeah. Thing, um, grind. Good stuff. Yep. Working a lot, obviously. But um, I was pumped to, uh, to get out and play some pond hockey on Sunday. So I was really excited about that. And we got some pond hockey. Um, um things coming up this weekend so it's going to be exciting and i'm just i just love this i love the outdoor weather i love skating outside it's it's amazing so well i wish i knew you were going to be down there because i didn't see your post because we had Check gone to twitter eric's. no we i was at eric's game so oh. you it's like a dead zone and if i knew that i would have left him in a ha- dressed and just brought him down for a little bit because he loves skating on the pond so right. i'll have to make a time to go but you must have posted it like right after i had gone to leave to go to where were we andover at phillips andover so nice. yeah awesome times but i'm ready let's do it finally right. the band is back together yeah we do have a bunch of topics to go over but i do want to talk about one thing and it is a uh boston bruins alumni game 
uh, before we talk about show sponsored by online. And that alumni game is going to be on Saturday, February 12th, uh, 2022, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And that is at the Essex Sports Center. That's 15 Manning Road in Middleton, Massachusetts. Um, and this is a game between the Essex County Correctional Officers Association and the Boston Bruins alumni. We're very cool. And all proceeds go to Cadence Crusaders, which is a organization in Lansbury. All started there uh, to spread awareness about pediatric cancer. So it's a, a fantastic organization. All three organizations are going to be in the building. This is a very kid-friendly um, um, festivity. So please bring your young ones. There's going to be lots of things to do, lots of prizes to give away. And uh, it's just going to be amazing. So we're going to be there. I'm in contact with with um, uh, my friend Karen Beal. She's a corrections officer, along with her friend Alex something. I don't remember his name, uh, that person's name. But um, we might be doing the uh, the video and audio and a bunch of stuff. So who knows? We're, we're still in the talks about that. But please get involved and um, and uh, do your thing and watch this these amazing people on the ice. At a pretty decent place uh, to play. I, I checked out the facility and it's really nice. So I'm sure you've been there. I have. Sebastian nice. skated there a little bit, but I remember, I, I mean, I used to work at the school that's right there. And I remember they, at first there wasn't going to be one and our superintendent kept saying, oh, we'll make sure that there's some kind of sports thing down there, but it's a pretty nice facility. But anyways, Cadence Crusaders is awesome. Yep. Great, great organization. Like Mark said, it's a family-friendly event. I'm hoping I have to see how our schedule is, but I'm hoping that we can get down there. Uh, but come out, support. It'll be fun. The alumni versus the corrections officer. Uh, matter of uh, hockey pride. It's always fun to go to these uh, charity hockey games anyways and yeah. see what's up. But, yeah, Absolutely. definitely, definitely come out. All right, talk about online.ag. BetOnline.ag would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website, so sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That's CLNS50. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, Bruins fans, we just heard myself talk about the great show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Please go to that um, website. Sign up for a free account and use the code CLNS50. We certainly appreciate it because it supports this podcast um, and it's fun to do. If, and please bet responsibly. It's a big thing around here, betting responsibly. Even though I'm terrible at it and I shouldn't do it, but I do it responsibly. But that's why, because you know you're bad at it, so you don't get Exactly. Totally I budget myself. Someone. Once I run out of yeah. money for the week, no more betting. Well, there's lots of. And that usually happens that, on Monday. <laughs> there's a lot of action you can get in. I know my Buffalo Bills had a big win. Woo! Oh, so there's all the football games. There's lots of hockey because everybody's going to be playing every other day for the next four months or whatever, That's except true. for the two week sort of pause or whatever's happening. We don't quite know all the details for that time frame. But um, yeah, responsibly, though, like Mark said, bet online, EG. That's where you go to get all your all sports. Right. 
All right, let's, ready? Let's talk about some bees. We have an agenda full today, so let's rock and roll, Heather. Let's go. All right, so we had four games this last week, starting Monday versus the Washington Capitals, which I, I don't know. I'll say it was a f- ass whooping of the Washington Capitals. Like very rarely the Bruins get to, like usually that's like four, three in overtime, this and that. No, the Bruins solidly bitch slapped the Capitals. Now they weren't totally at full strength. I understand that, but it got ugly kind of real fast. So at first Connor Sherry was like on fire and you're thinking, Oh God, here we go. I mean, at least I was, I don't know if you were Mark, but then Pasternak scored on the power play from obviously Marshawn always in on those kind of things. And Matt Grizzlick power play goal from Brad Marshawn from Grizzlick and Pasternak people of fire second period. Grizzlick scores from bleed Craig Smith on a butte scores from Lazar and Anton Bleed, which I'm glad. Look at Anton Bleed. He is, like, do, doing his yeah. thing. Passing scores again. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. We can talk about him a little bit. Taylor Hall from Eurovac and Einan. Eric Halla scores from uh, Taylor Hall and Matt Grizzlick. And Brad Marchand, of course, has to get on the action. So he scores in the third from Craig Smith and Matt Grizzlick. Multiple point nights for several of the boys. Uh, we didn't have a lot of... Uh, penalty minutes either you know so it was good and uh i just i don't know like we made them look a little silly i think i don't know what are you, your thoughts on that game what a game um i said it on the uh the round table that we did um on friday night that the um the bruins washington games are way different nowadays and i was never a big fan of that matchup because washington always kicked our ass but this these couple of seasons, at least two, seeing a big difference from this Boston Bruins team when they approach the Washington Capitals. And it's no more, you know, you know, lay down and just and take it anymore. It's it, it's the Bruins are fighting back. And uh, I really liked it. But the biggest thing that I really enjoyed about this was beating the Tampa Bay Lightning and then having a day off and then coming in and beating Washington like they did. So you basically beat up two really good teams um one obviously in the metro one in our own division so that's huge to get and uh and it really started the week off on the right foot yeah started a really nice uh streak we had here um i also wanted to mention lena's omar got the win uh he stopped 27 out of 30 and with a 900 save percentage he continues to look as i think he should pretty consistent in there i mean it is what it is, goaltending, but I think they've looked pretty good. Then we got to Wednesday, Wednesday, the 12th of January. And uh, always, I don't know about everyone else, like I said, how am I supposed to wait all day for a Montreal game? Why can't they play at like 8 a.m.? I'm up, I'm ready, I just want to watch this freaking game. And holy hell, it was it's always a good game when we play Montreal. I don't know. Some people keep, like, say Toronto's our new one. What We beat the crap out of the halves 5-1, to one, which, I mean, even if we didn't outplay that. I mean, let's put it in perspective. Like you said, Tampa Bay and Washington, solid teams. Montreal, not a solid team. But it's always nice to pound on them. Uh, and also nice to get some hat tricks, right? Because that's what Brad Marchand wanted to do. Brad Marchand scores in the first from Nosek and Lazar, Brad Marchand scores again in the first, from Craig Smith and Patrice Bergeron, then Curtis Lazar ends up scoring, from Jake DeBrusque and Grizzlick. how you doing Jake DeBrusque, glad to still have you around, sorry, uh, and then shorthanded, Marchand gets 
his little hat trick and hats everywhere uh, from John Moore and Patrice Bergeron. I saw, I don't know what it was, a meme or something, but I remember since um, Brad Marchand scores hat tricks to get hats or something like that in there. Uh, good game, I thought. Uh, little chippy. <laughs> Very got a little uh, ugly in there, but uh, I don't know. Beating the Habs always makes me happy. Mark, what do you say about that Wednesday? Did you game? mention Lazar getting the third goal in, in the third period? Oh, did I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I might have forgot that. Sorry, Curtis sorry. Lazar. I'm not trying to leave you out from Euro Vacaninen and from Anton Lee. That's right, because wasn't that was Euro's goal, but they took it back, right? Is that the um, one? Get, yeah, I think that I, might be the wrong. one where I think that I'm might be sure. the one that was originally credited to Euro and then they gave it to Lazar or whatever the official score, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, this was definitely a penalty game, but it was, again, it was a very chippy game as it is. And frustration is everywhere fuming from Montreal's like essence right now. So. Yeah. Another just a solid win and way to get out in front. Not like the Washington game when they, you know, Connor Sherry puts up two to, to get Washington, you know, off and running, but that that slowly came to a halt on, on that game. But um, on this particular game, they, they they got off. I mean, it was the first period was three straight goals. That's the way you just you gotta you gotta roll. Is just um, you know create a gap because you know e- even Tukarask or Lenius Allmark, they're gonna make mistakes, and you want to have that cushion in front of you. And I think that this is what this Boston Bruins team does nowadays is kind of recognize that. You know, hey, we might not have it solid on the back end. Why don't we do what we can to create that gap if a mistake happens to happen? I'm liking what I'm seeing uh, throughout this whole, you know, um, return from the break. And especially when you when you play these games against um, original six members. And and I, I continue to get uh, up for the Montreal-Boston game. So, I don't care about the rivalry and which one it is anymore. It's always going to be Montreal-Boston with me. That's right. Montreal just even thinking about I'm in bad mood just thinking about them. But you're right about a lot of penalties, a lot of penalties. Uh, and Chris Weidman on Montreal ended up getting uh, suspended a game for headbutting Eric Halla. Mm-hmm. Halla, if you hear me, Eric Halla. <laughs> just kidding, but... Uh, yeah, definitely. It was very... There was a, uh, Montreal got a couple unsportsmanlike conducts. Holla got in a fight. No offense, but he's not really the guy I think it's getting into the vest. But how much is one dude supposed to take in one period? You know what I'm saying? It was a rough yeah. third for him, and he was all set with that. But uh, we played back-to-back, and the next day on Thursday, we played the Philadelphia Flyers. And what time was it, Mark? It was Tuka time. time. Tuka time, Tuka time. Yeah, Tuka. Who? Tuka yep. Rask? Oh, who's this dude? Who's this young strapping Finnish goaltender Sir- coming in at? Serving up this happy Tuka time moment for all the haters out there. So just just continue no to suck it. <laughs> <laughs> suck it. Although I do want to comment. I did think, I understand everyone was excited, but I was a little annoyed on Wednesday when everyone was chanting Tuka because Lena Salmark has been playing really well, and that's kind of disrespectful to him. And not like a big deal kind of disrespect and no one trying to purposely, but come on, guy, like, He's not even no, in net. Like, okay, just it's one thing to be like Tuke if he's out taken. He was you know, in the like, building and people court. were happy. So I yeah, gotta, so. you know, yeah, I love it and everything like that. Could you save it for another night? Yeah, you. Could yeah, have, Thursday but... when he started versus Philly and got himself his first exactly. win. There you go, yes. three to two. We. 
the Bruins win. Uh, Pasternak, he, you know, of course, Brad Marchand got a hat trick, so Pasternak yeah. has to get a hat trick too. So in the first, he scored two goals, uh, one from Holla and uh, Taylor Hall, and then he scored a power play goal from Marchand and Charlie McAvoy. And then he scored a third. Uh, in the third, he got his third goal for his hat trick on a power play from Charlie McAvoy and Brad Marchand. Those three were, if you notice, like, you know, there's going to be three players that are just gelling that night in since they've been back from break. And I'm under no understanding that. Um, I understand, like, the bubble will pop at times, you know, that's fine. But, like, they really do look not to reiterate, but they really do look like a totally different fucking hockey team since they came back from this break in a good way, in the way that we knew they could be. And I'm happy to see that, right? Because now I don't want to just blow the farm up. Now I'm like, okay, okay, maybe, maybe they are strong. Maybe they can do this. Uh, and to Garask, this game back, uh, he, you know, looked like a dude that hadn't played a game from June. Not, he just looked like to hasn't even been gone. About 27 out of 25. And, uh, yeah, you know, what can you do? Tuka time. How happy were you to see Tuka? I was like, oh, my God, it's really happening, this Tuka rest. It was, it was awesome. Um, and uh, I was stoked to see how comfortable he was after 260-whatever days without playing a game. Um, very calm in the crease. And I, I said it in, on the roundtable last week, and I said it online. The, the two goals that he gave up weren't even his fault. Like the first one was a tip out front, straight down. If that went through, he tracked that. He was gonna he was gonna save that all day, every day. And the second goal, which kind of was like a, a weird bounce, but he was going left to right laterally, but the but the the one move to the left was a little too far because the, uh, something happened over on the uh, the other side and the puck got in. But I mean, you really can't fault him for that one either. But uh, really calm, you know, I just thought that he really just tracked the puck really, really good for somebody that hasn't been around in a while. And I was completely amazed, but uh, ha happier with the two points um, and the and the effort against a, a decent Philadelphia team that, you know, we continue to to beat up on, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just uh, it's this train keeps rolling. It's an unbelievable freaking experience that we're seeing right now with the lineup that Bruce Cassidy has has put together since the uh, the two week break and so on. It's just really paying dividends, and I love that he's sticking with it and consistent. Uh, there were a lot of penalties in this game too, but we didn't get as many penalties, so that's the important thing. Also, exactly. Pasternak apparently told Tukaras before the game that he was going to score a hat trick. Because that's what Pasta does. He's like, I'm going to get you a hat trick, Tuca. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and you get in a hat trick. Uh, I thought that was a funny anecdote. So, yeah, that. So, if you count the Tampa Bay game, that's four games in a row. So, let's talk about uh, we played Nashville on Saturday. What was that date? The 15th. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the football game day. Uh, it was a matinee game, which always makes me nervous. Uh, as it I expected it to be, you know, it was, we came out with like a burst of energy, but then it, it kind of settled into the exact kind of game. I thought they would pretty physical game. Usually Nashville and Boston don't get like real, like a little nasty at each other, but they definitely did. But the Bruins got the win four to three. Uh, Craig Smith starts it off from Bergeron and Marshawn in the first, then Mike Riley from Hall and Hall. And then in the third, Brad Marchand gets a power play goal from Charlie McAvoy and Patrice Bergeron. But Taylor Hall with a beauty in overtime 
gets one from Pasternak and Yarovakaninen. Uh, again, not a lot of penalties in this game, just like normal ones, except for Derek Fulbert got in a fight, and I just thought that that was not expected. And uh, right on you sometimes, you just steam out and you got to do it, get down to it. So that makes it five as we sit here right now, Mark, five wins in a row. What do you think about that Saturday, Nash? I know you guys were live streaming. I did not get we to did. We did a live stream on this game. Um, I thought it was kind of cool because uh, Thomas Nystrom, he is the uh, the host and producer of the um, the Short Shift podcast. Uh, he joined us, and he's he lived down in Tennessee for um, a good ten years, I believe. So it was cool to talk to him about the the area down there, how he is. So it really just latched on with the fans and everything like that. So. Um, but it was cool to have him on. Also, Kevin O'Keefe joined me from the uh, Beehive Hockey Podcast, um, and that was just a lot of fun. So we just sat there, had uh, and uh, Thomas and I had beers and so on, and we just sat there and watched the game. And uh, you know, the 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 best part about it was the overtime when Taylor Hall just gets it, and you know, and uh, it, it sucked because Thomas's stream was so far behind. So. It's kind of a bummer for him, but whatever. Two points against a team that he's seen so many times, and just a great afternoon altogether. Sunday was a little hurting, but it was all good. That that happens when you have afternoon games. Oh, they hurt so bad. And the and the Providence Bruins played too. Was that or that was Sunday night? I I just remember thinking Mark is going to be tired Sunday night because he has been Bruins and AHL watching and. Pawn hockey, pawn hockey. And live comes at you fast, man. Podcast recording. I don't get these everything. gray hairs for nothing. <laughs> well, you know, you got to earn them. Uh, who was in that? All Mark was in that, right? Yes. Yeah. So anyways, like I said, everyone calm down. Jeremy Swayman's fine in Providence. He's still Jeremy Swayman. Everything's fine. And uh, so far, this tandem looks like it's a good tandem. I mean, what are we going to do? Argue against our like 14 year or whatever career <laughs> goaltender that we've had here, but it's going to get interesting. I think it is. The Bruins are finally, I think they're finally looking like the Bruins and that makes me feel so much better. We're in fourth. We've got 46 points. We're on a hot streak. We won eight out of our last 10 games. Let's just keep it going. Hopefully starting tonight uh, versus the Carolina Hurricanes, but before we talk about the Carolina Hurricanes, there are just I would like to mention a couple things uh about this game. One, Brad Marshawn needs a bubble on his face because his nose can't take much more. This week. It's twice he's been out there with the like okay. whatever. But Brad Marshawn's Brad Marshawn. Um, what was the other thing I was gonna say about the I don't never mind, it must not have been that about the Nashville game, whatever. Moving on, that's where we are. But we're on fire. But bef- uh, did you have any particular uh, people that stood out to you? Not even necessarily just studs and duds, but like I would like to give my like stud to Euro. I think he's looked awesome this week, and he's unexpectedly playing really well with Charlie McAvoy, and that's partly why I would elevate him to that of the week. Do you have any people who kind of stood out? Anton Bleed, he's another guy keeps chugging. Yeah. Consistent. I mean, there's so many people that I could put on the list, so I really don't have a studs and duds. Let's just go Boston Bruins up and down the lineup. All All good. We're going to talk about a trendsetter right now before we talk about the Carolina game. Also tonight on January 18, 2020, 
to is 64 years after he plays his first NHL game. Willie O'Ree's number 22 is going to be raised to the rafters in a ceremony before tonight's game. Um, there was a video out. The boys have given him a nice little fedora and other little gifts uh, in commemoration of this. Uh, Willie O'Ree, if you don't know who he is, I don't know how you're listening to this podcast, but clearly the first uh, African-Canadian player to play the game, uh, you know, but mostly he's just such a lover of the sport and has just pushed the boundaries and really knocked down boundaries so that every kid can try and have access if they love hockey and you know and just a good human being and he's like 85 years young and still kicking it maybe 86 and so much respect and it's a great great moment i think and i would i mean i would argue that maybe everybody should do it like honor him like that but as for being a Bruin, and I'm very proud to see his number go up. The city of Boston has done a lot. They've had like the pictures outside of the garden, but there was a picture that saw the make way for ducklings guys. Yep, they all had Willie O'Ree jerseys, awesome. little things like that. So I just want to say in honor of Willie O'Ree night, which is official because the Boston mayor proclaimed it. So it's Willie O'Ree day in the city of Boston today. And with that, any thoughts on Willie? No, it's just uh, it's a really good moment for him and and everybody involved. Like we've said so many times, when we bring up Willie, um, uh, just a tremendous advocate for everybody can play, uh, no matter what color you are, and so on, um, and, and an ambassador at that too. So, lots of good things, um, you know, that that can come from this, and just hopefully that this message continues out because you know there are some really good hockey players out there that come from color and in different parts of the world and they deserve their chance to play as well, just like everybody else. So um, it's a real proud moment for, for a Bruins fan, um, you know, and new England native and so on for myself. And, uh, and like I said, hopefully the message continues to spread because it is important. Yes. Definitely. And it's going so to and, and be done virtually because um, due, due to the COVID situations or pandemic, whatever you want to call it, um and willie's age it's just it's kind of risky so it's going to be done virtually and that's unfortunate because um these types of moments really do need to be done in-house i i really wanted to see uh willie come out on the ice and and hear that garden um crowd yeah i think part of it is that because remember they were going to do it last year but they didn't want to do it without a full house but at least now they have a full house even if he can't actually be there and right. i think they just didn't want to put it off anymore like no. i mean it it just sucks that he can't be there but i know he'll be on the double and tron smiling his butt off or whatever because he'll be there virtually oh, yeah. hanging out and uh yeah it's, it's a proud moment i think and uh it's been kind of emotional seeing all the things and uh, they re-showed uh, someone had put out again when the Grizzlicks gave him his game jersey. Yeah, they found um, which, it. That's right. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, man, like it's just yeah. it's so emotional. I don't know how anybody can be th like to me. It's a national event. And he's getting the Congressional Medal of Honor, too, that nice. I saw a clip that he's getting that, too, that he's been fighting for. Again, he's a he's a hero of two nations. So. On Willie O'Ree night, uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming games coming up. And tonight we are playing the Carolina Hurricanes, who are 25-8-2. And they are 7-2-1 in their last 10. And they're playing really well. They're at, uh, at the Garden, obviously. Uh, they're 13-4-1 on the road, uh, second in the Metro. Uh, 
What do you think about this game? What do you think about tonight? Good chances. This is going to be a tough one again, like playing Washington uh, or Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, these guys have uh, been going back and forth with the New York Rangers for the top of the Metro. Um, you know, they, there's only two points to separate them both. So, um, and 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 Carolina is a goal scoring team. This is you don't you do not do not rest up on these guys or let up on these guys. You keep the skate on the throat all 60 minutes with this team because they can be very lethal. And, um, you know, the 20, a 39 goal differential, that's a plus is, is amazing, but they also have a pretty decent road, um, rec. So, um, everyone's going to have their hands full tonight, but in my opinion, seeing them beat the, the Tampa Bay lightning and the Washington capitals, um, and even, even, uh, Nashville on Saturday, and to have two days off, I think this is going to be a decent test. And I think the Bruins are going to be ready. But like I said, it, it this is a team that has uh, an, an uncanny ability to find weaknesses and just and just keep going hard at those weaknesses to uh, to expose um, areas where they can just get in close and just snipe it. So um, going to have to be on, on par with this one tonight. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think that we can win, but like you said, uh, Carolina, I think a couple years ago when Carolina got hot, everyone was like, oh, you know, the bunch of jerks and all that. But I think Carolina has proved the last few seasons, like they're legit there and they've moved pieces to, to try and get better piece or whatever. Um, who was the one that like someone compared to Brad Marshall? I don't remember. That was funny. You calling me a rat. <laughs> whatever. Oh, is that Rochek? Uh, yeah, maybe. So I, I, don't, I don't know why it's slipping my mind right now. But, yeah, this is going to be a tough contest, which is good because that's what I need to see because it's great that they're playing great the last few weeks. But, like, I need them to be, like, playoff great, and that's how to help them. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, the last time these two teams played was way back in October, uh, the 28th of last year, and the uh, Hurricanes won um, three to nothing. So, yes. and the the next game that was supposed to be played was December twenty first of last year, but that was postponed. So we'll we'll see that game later on. But um, two teams that really haven't uh, seen much of each other this season, they're going to do some serious battle tonight. Yep. And then Thursday on the twentieth, we play our opponents from a couple days ago, the Washington Capitals, who probably are not very happy about how they lost. Uh, like I said, I was listening to Locked On Capitals. They used the word annihilated, which they did. Uh, but they're fourth currently in the Metro. They're fighting for it. They're 21-9-9. Uh, they are 11-4-4. Four four. Obviously, we beat them last Monday, as Mark and I just discussed. Uh, but, I mean, what do you say? I mean, it's the same cast of characters. It's Washington. You never lay down for Washington. And don't think just because you bitch slapped them 7-3 to three last week that they can't bitch slap you 7-3 to three this week. So, yeah, again, and- I, I'm more about it's a test. You know what I mean? Like, even though yeah. Washington's fourth, just, I mean, if one of their scorers gets on a hot screen, if they start clicking, like I said, the beginning of last week's game was like, oh, fuck on a shit. What the fuck? Like, yeah, I know. language. But that's really what it, that's, you had a feeling because you know it can go that way, but that's what I want to see. But they responded. So, again, it's just a tough contest. I just want to see you play up to playing a team that you know is your caliber or better at times and get it done. Yeah, and last Monday was the first time that these two teams played in that 7-3 to three victory for the Bruins. So, 
happens. They go back and forth, but you're right though. There was a time where we used to play the Capitals and you knew we were going to lose. <laughs> you didn't even know. You're like, oh God, if we won, we'd be like, what? What? It's great. I was telling the guys on Friday night, I was like, you know, once the, uh, the, the Bruins and Capitals games used to come around, I used to give my tickets away. <laughs> I didn't want to go see him lose. I probably got some of your tickets. Probably. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to sit in this in the second row balcony. I'm like, well, pass them on over. Nah, I'm, I'm a lowest. I'm a lowest bit. You're a snob. <laughs> you are. I don't care. I like hanging over the ice. But um, anyway, sorry, <laughs> not to digress, my friends. Let's get back on topics here. On Saturday, we have a weird three o'clock game. Or something like that it is at three o'clock, I believe. But anyways, the Winnipeg Jets are coming to town. I'm glad because last time we went to Canada, all our boys got the panoramic view of Boston for like a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, so Winnipeg Jets, someone from out west. I like to see some, you know, we, we don't have to really worry about them as we chase them for the playoffs or whatnot. But they're fifth. You never know what you're going to get with them. They're 17, 12, and five. They're kind of meh. But uh, seven, six, and four on the road. But I don't know. The Winnipeg Jets continue to be an enigma to me. Like, I feel like they should be better than they are. But, and sometimes they really are better than they are. But then sometimes they're just like, man, they're like the Edmonton Oilers. I don't know what to do with you. Like, I want you to be an effective good team, but you just yeah, continue and, to stride in the middle here. And uh, former Boston Bruin, um, Blake Wheeler is back in the lineup for the Jets. Uh, so um, that would be a, a little bit of added offense right there. Um, and also going to be in net. It's probably going to be Connor Hellebuck. Um, he's really good. Uh, former UMass Lowell goaltender. Shout out Andrew Taverna. He loves UMass. Loves those college kids. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I that that road record for the Winnipeg Jets at 7-6-4, and four, um, it really doesn't have me at all worried about that game. Uh, and if everything works out, I should be playing pawn hockey on Saturday. But if it doesn't work out, we are doing a live stream at 3 p.m. this coming Saturday for the Winnipeg game. Join myself. Join Mr. Kevin O'Keefe. Maybe Miss Heather Ingerson can join us this time. We'll if see. We don't kick I'll her, see we don't if kick I her out of the boys' club. Well, I, I work on Saturday, but we'll see. Maybe I can. Oh, that's I've been right. working a lot of hours that. the last couple of weeks. Maybe I can get someone to work for me instead. But that being we'll said, see. I don't go to work till four anyways. I can jump on for the first hour. There you go. No, but I'll try to get out of work. Seriously, that'll be fun. Well, all depending, if, all, depending, all depending if we're playing pond hockey or not. So right. that's still up in the air. TBA to everybody out there. Exactly. All right, so we'll see what's coming up with those upcoming games. Hopefully we keep our streak. I mean, I know you always say you don't like to use a term like scheduled loss, but I certainly think Washington, if they don't keep, you know, pushing forward after this Carolina game, we'll see what happens tonight. Again, a team that can easily beat you. Uh, and not that I think that we will lose, but I don't want them to lose. We're looking – Looking pretty good right now. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a totally different team. It's just so weird. It's like talking about a totally different team that I still love very, very much. Yep. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on to one big thing yesterday. Uh, so Carson Coleman, who's been around a long, long time, um, was put on waivers and was picked up by the Seattle Kraken. Correct. 
And uh, yeah. I just want to say thank you, Carson Coleman. Uh, I like you, and I wish you luck out in the West. Sorry it didn't work out here. Again, you were in the clutter of the, like we always say, we have a clutter of a lot of kids that are kind of been clamoring against each other and now are clamoring for their spots on the big team, and you didn't make it through. But good luck, buddy. You're with Ryan Donato. Maybe you guys can have some good times. And and, and Jeremy uh, Lazon. Yeah, and Jeremy Lazon. So you have, I'm glad he has some people he knows out there. He's not by himself. Yeah. You know, it was a no-brainer for when um, the Seattle, uh, you know, obviously the Seattle's not doing good at all. So they have the the uh, cat's meow of, of picks when it comes to the waiver process. And um, also, you got to keep in mind that Jay Leach spent a lot of time with Carson Coleman as, as he was the coach in Providence uh, not so long ago. So um, I think it was a lot of intel uh, on that whole thing. But... I think it's going to be good for Carson because he's going to get more consistent playing time there. I don't think he's going to be a rotating 13th, 14th uh, player on that roster. He could significantly get some time. And uh, I think that's just looking at the landscape of what we have now, his waiver priority and so on. It was just something that had to be done. And, I know it sucks when we have to lose somebody, but we also need to create cap space as well. And this was a move to do that. So um, I'd expect something to come uh, in the near future because of this move, but we'll talk about that later. Well, actually, I would like to now talk about, you've been uh, sniffing around, you've been hearing some things going on. So Carson Coleman was on the team not a few short days ago, but nothing has been said really official or anything, but you've been hearing some things about uh, another member of the Providence Bruins. Yeah. Uh, Zach Senishin, who uh, recently asked for a trade uh, shortly after Jake the Brust did, um, is uh, I'm hearing that there's going to be a deal in place that's going to involve him. Now, whether it be a one for one, he goes someplace for a high draft pick, get something before he walks um that that's certainly all well and good or i'm also hearing that this could be a package deal that he's involved in so regardless of of what's going out what's coming in he's going to be involved and that's what i'm hearing at this point so i would expect i expected to hear something official today but hopefully it comes out tomorrow so i don't look like a complete ass um but i'm i i am really high on this source that that reached into my dms and 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 sent me some information so um you know i i rolled with it and if if it's wrong it's wrong you know it is what it is nobody's perfect but uh i have a pretty good feeling that something's going to be in the works within the next couple of days so well you wouldn't really be wrong you just said that you've heard this might happen that you expected right. you're not you didn't right, hear any official breaking news but you're just thinking that there should be some breaking news maybe coming along the pipeline. Yeah. A lot of folks slide in the old DM and say hey this has happened and that's happening but I pick and choose uh, on what to actually put out on Twitter because Yeah. Uh that tweet last night at 9:30 gained a lot of traction and it got it got a lot of people asking questions and so on but I'm just going to I'm just going to wait and see what happens sooner or later. Hopefully it happens. I'm going to reach out to my source again. This is a a, a nice uh, person out in St. Louis and um I'm going to reach out to again and see if there's any any more dialogue um uh, you know, maybe I can add to it. So, but 
I don't I don't think Zach is going to be here much longer. And the other the other caveat to this is this person was telling me that um, if if the trades made, they know they don't expect to see Zach in in St. Louis, and that's this is the team that was uh, is rumored that he's going to. Um, this is going to be a trade. Yes, he will be with the organization, but I'm hearing he's going to um, be asked to report to Springfield of the American Hockey League. So he's going to be seeing the Providence Bruins an awful lot for the remaining games of this uh, 2021-22 AHL schedule. Well, good news is, is he doesn't have to go far. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, right. he got an affiliate way over there. Um, but there's a there's I, another thing that there's another thing that really surprises me about this move too, which which I kind of push back on from this source was the fact is that Zach Senishin has arbitration rights end of this year this contract, yeah. and really hasn't proved enough to to like really fulfill like hey I need this guy in my roster I need this guy at the NHL level but I think that what they're doing is that they they're taking a serious gamble on what he could do in the AHL for a possible roster spot next season. I mean, yeah. they're just rolling the dice right now, but I'm actually really surprised with those Arbrights that they're going to, um, you know, pursued with the, pursued with a trade like this, but who knows? I mean, anything could happen. Yeah. Um, all I ask is that at least get a third, the third round pick back for this year or whatever, because they have it because we don't have our third round pick. We gave it to Calgary. Or whatever. So I'd gladly I, take a third round for Zach. I would like to fill in that gap. And he is at least worth, like you said, if it's a one-to-one trade, I if it's anything for less than a third round draft pick, you don't do that. Like he's got more value than that to somebody. Unless, like you said, potentially it's a bigger package. And of course, everyone jumps to debrus this and that. That doesn't everyone like that doesn't mean that the trade is going to necessarily involve Jake DeBrus just because Jake DeBrus wants to trade. He's been playing well. There's not, you know what I mean? There's no like immediate need. He would be be better to get rid of at the trade deadline as a bigger piece, as part of a bigger package, because he has way more value than Carson Coleman overall to this uh, organization. Right. Also people, as much as I would love that we are getting Vladimir Tarasenko, that is, (laughs) they're not giving us Vladimir Tarasenko for Carson Coleman without packaging a lot and we don't have the money even if we do that unless we get rid of some big name people but um yeah i don't know i i think it's interesting we'll see what happens i'm more interested to see like what will happen what will we get back but like i said i will be pissed if it's not at least a third round draft pick because if it's a one-to-one because like you said his value overall i mean we're probably not getting a rostered player for just coleman unless you put something else with that, right? One of our, we have a lot of defensemen, whatever kind of thing. Yep. Uh, but I mean, shake it up just enough, right? But it is hard right now because people are going, uh, people are playing so well. Like the team is just like, no matter who's in there, like, so the bottom six is kind of like just really consistent no matter who ends up in there with people going in and out of protocols, this and that or whatever. Uh injuries oh nick felino will be back soon too but you you're cluttered up right you coleman doesn't have a place except for in providence on this team now there's too many people playing well and whatever else and senishin he needs to find a home and he doesn't want to be here so if st louis is his home or somewhere else is i'd rather that happen now than him just 
not be miserable still being here and not want to be here and not feel like he's getting his chance to prove. Because like you said, this might give him a chance to show St. Louis that maybe he's worth getting a look if you need it, you know, if he does indeed go there. So any other thoughts on this though? Are you intrigued? What do you think's happening? Big or little? What do you feel like if this uh, is happening? I really don't know without, without knowing more, more, more pieces. Like I don't even know who's involved in, in a play or if it's a package. I know a lot of people have been asking me on Twitter. I was like, what's it all involved? I'm like, I don't know. All I heard is that Sanishin's on his way out, and it could happen soon. All right. Well, Zach, maybe you'll be gone by the next time we talk, or they'll be talking about it potentially on the live stream this weekend. But we'll wait and see. Uh, all right. Let's do a few more before we go to break. Okay. Um, so Matt Greslick was out of the lineup. He played Monday, but then I think was out. The other three games, yeah. Uh, Mike Riley just got put in protocol, but Grizzlick's back out of protocol. And Connor Clifton just went back in, got out of protocol. But this all means we now have uh, – this is something we wouldn't have said a month ago. Now it seems we have too many defensemen. <laughs> too many defensemen. Because I want to talk about Euro Vakaninen, you big, giant – I'll never forget his first training camp and we were sitting there. I was like, this dude is fucking huge. And he is going to be awesome when he's like 25. And Mark, Euro is being awesome right now. This is the first time that when, I mean, I know he hasn't had a lot of time up actually playing with the NHL Bruins really. But when he has come up, he's been seemed overwhelmed. Whatever was going on. Seems he's finally hitting that groove, which makes sense. He's at that exact age in which defensemen start really becoming good defensemen. I want to hold the phone on the now he has to always be paired with Charlie McAvoy thing. Like, all right, calm down, guy. It was also three games, right? But he is looking awesome. Awesome. Prospect stewed down in the system and slid into the system. And I'm sorry, Connor Clifton, but... Like, I know you guys aren't, well, Connor, they use either way, but I'm just, we're going to have to pick and choose who we really need to be our sixth defenseman if they're healthy. And now I feel like we have too many options of defensemen. So <laughs> what do you think? Talk about uh, Yarrow, that big, giant bastard. He's huge. Really, 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 really playing well. And uh, I don't have uh, Puck PD up right now, but I think that this is technically his last year of his entry level. Um, mm. he did okay. sign a three year deal. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, this is just, this is a good thing to have him involved. He's a left shot defenseman first round mm -hmm. pick back in, I think 2016 or 17. Um, but it's all with, with using too much defenseman, you're really desperate, like make a con he involved in a package, uh, you know, to another team. I hate to lose him like that because he's doing so good, but you know you gotta you gotta give to get. But he, mm. I'm really impressed with the way he came up here and really just kind of like I don't ever want to back down in the AHL. There were times down in the AHL this season I was like, this kid's gonna get a call. The year before that, no, I wouldn't have said that. Everybody's like, call yeah, call back up, call back up. I'm like, I wouldn't do that because he's really not playing. He's not playing that type of hockey that screams, we need to get him in the lineup. I think that his the only consideration for him two seasons ago was because of injuries. 
And that's why he was getting a look uh, a game or two here and there, but it wasn't any consistency like there is now. Now he's now he's involved with the Bruins and really showing him what they have. So you can you can you can take two values out of this. One, he's being a really good asset on this team. The other is like it, when the, with the trade coming around, with the trade deadline coming around in like nine, ten weeks. You know, you might be able to use that play to get something better on your left side. Um, you know, because that's some uh, that's an area we do need to address moving forward. And I believe that if we need to take to make a um a long playoff run, I'm not saying Stanley Cup, but a long playoff run. Yeah, I definitely would rather have a bigger name defenseman, but you're right though. But then that makes it interesting. Is maybe a team that's maybe they get riddled with injury. Maybe they're whatever. Once you get near that, you mean you put like DeBrusque and him and a couple things in there. Now you're talking like you have a chance of maybe going out and getting an asset that you can't afford. Like once you got DeBrusque salary loop moving and the little bit, you are right. This is Yaro's last year on his ELC. That's what I thought. Thank you. Um, and I don't know. I just, I'm happy to see our prospects sometimes like frustrate me. Or, and I know he's older. He's, he's probably not really a prospect prospect anymore. You know, he's had enough well, time in the listen, age. Of. He's, he's on his last year of his entry level deal. Yeah. That is a prospect. Okay. Well, either way, I, I'm just see, saying- I don't, I don't consider prospects that are outside of the entry level deal that signed an extra year to, to be a two way. Now you're yeah. just a depth player, not a prospect, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, I mean, I know it's kind of a, a flexible term to use, but um, I, they, they're frustrating. And like sometimes you're like frustrated; they're not getting enough like time with the big club, you know, to really get their looks. Or you're like, oh, they're not panning out, whatever it is. So it's nice to see, even like Oscar Steen, even like an Anton Bleed who's been in the system, like really stepping up and showing what they have. And even though some of them are not going to stay in this lineup, do you know what I mean? As like rostered players start being healthy or whatever, like Mike Riley is going to be in the lineup when he's not in protocol. Like it's, he's going to be one of them maybe rotating through, but it makes me happy to know that if we can't go out and get another defenseman, we have someone who's looking really solid, at least on the left side. It's looking a lot better defensively. since we've been back from break than we did that can be team defense, but overall just our back end. So I don't feel as um, scared, I guess, like if, Oh God, you know, so-and-so's in whatever, whatever, you know, it could be injury. could be, I have the flu. I don't know. Look at the um, lately. You could tell by the goaltending and defense, because this is a defensive and goaltending stat, but look at the goals for and the goals against since the break. It's been ridiculous. This this Boston Bruins team has been like transformed into a point producing bombshell. All four lines are contributing in the point, and we're not just relying on one line. But I just think that players like Mike Riley. I'm not saying he's been great. You know, he's not going to get a Norris. I you know, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is he's starting to play better. Not mm-hmm. he's not a turnover machine, and you know and these awful passes, these awful drop passes, uh, and, and, and a Mike Riley uh, trying to use his speed defenseman, but I think his feet are so fast that he loses puck often, which, mm-hmm. which creates a, a turnover going the other way. So I like, I like what he's bringing to the table, but I still think that we still do need another addition. Well, you know, that that's been a complaint though, since 
I know. Well, I mean, you even like even if you consider like Tory Crew being a left shot, yeah, he's not your biggest dude, but you get at least the offense from him. And then obviously Chara was our size guy for so long, and like we've been saying the last few years, it's not about wanting those players back necessarily. It's about wanting back a big ass defenseman like Zdeno Chara that, you know, but can also, you know, handle a puck like a Tory Krug, you know? And even if we can't go out and get a big, big name defenseman, we should be able to get a good medium, a medium, you know, level NHL defenseman. Maybe not your blockbuster superstar, but certainly not the, I mean, calling kids up from Providence kind of situation, you know? So, uh, but that being said, I think like Yarrow is making an actual case. Like, you know how people are saying is Steen making a case to just stay in the lineup. I feel like Yarrow this week has been making an argument that maybe if the Rileys are, aren't working out, we don't know. Like we know Zaboro, we're not going to see him again. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know who knows. And if anything, I'm glad to know on the taxi squad, if you need to go to them or call them up from Providence that, they're ready for it. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to feel overwhelmed because we are about to get into some shit hockey where every other day or whatever these boys are playing. Injuries are going to happen. Things are going to happen. And you can't gain all the steam that we lost and then end up just because it gets messy, which happens, you know, whatever. Lots of injuries, whatever happens. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Okay. So I'm thinking, Mark, this is a good time that we hear from Bruce Sullivan. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, let's um... To tune it over to Bruce Sullivan from Boston Music Memorabilia. He's amazing um, to dress up your fan cake, uh, give somebody a very cool, like, hand-signed jersey as a, as a birthday gift, uh, or, or uh, tuck one over Christmas uh, in 11 months. So <laughs> uh, listen to the uh, commercial coming up, Bruce, and write down all the information that you can contact him. And... Uh, yeah, check him out because he he works very well with everybody. Free shipping on most stuff if it's in the United States. And um, we love him. And we use him for our Patreon giveaways. We are giving away a jersey tonight, folks. Tonight. So uh, we'll see you on the other side. Thank you very much. Hey, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week we've still got some great memorabilia from our signing with legendary bruins hall of famer raymond bork get a ray bork legend jersey jsa authenticated hand signed by ray bork starting at just 139 dollars or choose one of these hall of fame 04 inscribed versions for just 159 Choose a hand-signed JSA-authenticated Ray Bork photo, 8x10, $59, or 16x20 with the Hall of Fame inscription, just $99. Or grab this Bruins hand-signed mini in gold, JSA-authenticated, and yours for just $119. This Monday, January 17th, we are going to be hosting a table at the Cardboard Promotions Show in Peabody, Massachusetts. Come by the Holiday Inn from 8.30 to 2.30 to get some great deals on Bruins memorabilia, to meet Terry O'Reilly, or just to say hello. On January 30th, we're going to be hosting a private signing with Miracle on Ice star 
1980 Olympic hockey gold medalist Dave Silk. We'll have some great memorabilia, including jerseys, pucks, and photos, or we can accept send-ins as well. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, Bees fans? We're back. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan, and please check him out on all avenues, uh, email, uh, Facebook page, Facebook group, and um, send him a friend request and talk to him because he'll he'd love to help you spice up that fan cave because you, de- you do need more black and gold in your life. Well, with that being said, we're back talking Boston Bruins topics. Heather, agenda master, let's Grandmaster Agenda, that's going to be my rap name. There you go. Um, We're going to talk about why the hell Brad Marchand is not an NHL All-Star. Now, we'll start with that. I understand most people think the All-Star game is stupid, and I too do. But I'm a diehard, like, weirdo. So I still remember when I was a kid in the All-Star game, the fans voted who their fucking All-Stars were. That's why I wasn't upset when John Scott got voted in or whatever. You know, like people gave shit, but like, dude, his fans voted for him. Let him be in, you know, like I don't, it bothers me that the hockey establishment decides who their own superstars are instead of letting their fan base decide who the superstars are. I mean, I know you had the last minute vote, but Mark Allred, can you explain to me? I mean, I'm just a girl with on a podcast. Okay. I'm not an expert. I am not a high analytical stats person Corey's and this and that and this and that or whatever Corsi I said Corey Corey's uh, Corey's when they check your background to make sure you're safe to like volunteer but how the hell does the first star of the NHL of the week what has he got 10 points whatever six goals four assists in his last four games or whatever how does this man who should be a heart candidate And I know he's got the big mouth. How is he not at least an NHL all-star? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't mean to do that at you. but And I'm not an expert and I'm not analytical uh, inclined, whatever. But I will say that it's a shame. It's uh, somebody called the cops because um, he should have been there. And uh, I kind of have a feeling that. Um, what he was saying about the Olympics and the league and the players association. I kind of got think that that might have ruffled a few feathers over there. I don't know. Kind of conspiracy theorist on that one, but you're not a conspiracy theorist. And I'll tell you why. Cause Barry, Barry, Gary Bettman sucks. He always sucks. Okay. He okay. hates his own league. We've talked about this again. <laughs> Even if you, even if Brad Marchand runs his mouth, right? And he hasn't said anything that tragic, okay? Like, the NHL always overreacts. Like, if an NFL football player goes, like, mouthing off about the league, the league does not make a big giant scene about it and, like, punish the play. Like, they do that shit secretly. You know, like, you don't have to make such a big... You look like a baby. Like, my feelings got hurt through. I'm going to stop my foot and... 
Why are the hockey ops people picking the all-stars? The fans should be picking the all-stars. That's a fundamental problem. It is an all-star game. And an all-star game in any sport should be the fans voting the players they would like to see. Also, I'd like to make a note. The way you do it is stupid. Again, I don't want to be back in my day. But back in my day, the fucking East played the West. (laughs) And you had, so girls like me that were Bruins fans... We're very excited to fucking destroy the West, okay? Whatever, however they'd have it divided up. But they had the East guys and the West guys played each other. Haven't we been growing a league so we have the these giant conferences with plenty of all-stars that the fans should get to vote on? Like, I get narrow it down. You pick six people on each team or whatever, and you put them up for vote. I don't know. But statistically, shouldn't the top 10 forwards in the league <laughs> statistically get to be all-stars he should be the fucking captain i'm just saying i, I believe so he should be you the know. captain of both teams you are they afraid fall. he's gonna go like this again yeah with his hand you make very valid points there and and uh, you know i share your sentiments exactly but it's just a it's a shame that the top talent in the league is still top, the best left winger in the league actually still can't get it uh has to be an all-star so and if he, you know, it's kind of funny listening to Chicklet. Like, uh, we've, we've even probably talked about it on live stream or on our uh, on table that we did with Tom Tiano, Kevin O'Keefe, and Andrew Taverna. Was that even if he was accepted to be an all star, do you think he would have gone? Uh, I don't know. So, but it's good that That's some other player. player, yeah, I know, I know, but it's it's good that some other player got it though. So, yeah. Still, your game sucks. The all-star game is stupid the way you do it now. Make it East versus West. Or even when they did North America versus the world. Like, that was kind of fun. You know what I mean? Like, you change it up a little bit. Still, you have... There are clear superstars in your league. And the NHL, they don't have that many of them. They have more than they used to. They used to have a few ponies that really draw... You know, like, just... I mean, like recognizable outside of the hockey world. Like we might know who so, Connor Sherry is, but unless you're a fan of his team, if he walked down the streets in Los Angeles, nobody would know who you are. Everyone knows who Wayne Gretzky is, no matter where he shows up, no matter if you uh, like hockey or not, you know, kind of thing. That's so, all I mean. A league that is terrible at marketing, drop the ball on marketing one of the best players in the, in the, uh, in the league. And I think that's, that's kind of a farce. And Good. Brad Marchand is definitely the player. Like, there are plenty of players I'm sure you feel this way about. Like, dude, I fucking hate this guy. Like, he kills us or whatever. Like, just, you don't like their antics, but you're like, they're a fucking superstar. Like, I don't have to like them as a human, but if they got traded to my team, suddenly I'd be like, I love this dude so much. He's the greatest person <laughs> ever. It's Brad Marchand. He gets hat, he gets hat tricks just when he's bored. <laughs> he gets shorties. He gets shorthanded goals because he's bored. He's like, I don't know, like just whatever. Having five players on the ice is an obstacle to him. He likes being down, down and doing it. I'm sorry. There's not, I, I know we're like preaching to the choir because the people listening to us also are pissed off probably. And yeah, in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? Am I more pissed off? He's always going to get snubbed for the heart, even when he really fucking deserves it like this year. So you know what I mean? But I just can't. It's stupid. It annoys me because I like that game and you're messing it all up. But that being said, the captain of the Boston Bruins, Patrice Bergeron, St. Patrice, the awesome. He is an NHL all-star for the uh, Atlantic division this year. And uh, 
He's going to need a new agent, too. Yeah. Because his his agent got the job as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. That was talk. Yeah, he's going to be actively looking for a new agent. And um, uh, Jimmy Murphy wrote an article about, ooh, what could happen if Patrice retires, which I don't ever want to hear again. But... Would his agent yeah. would would his agent persuade him to go to Montreal? No. First Tough of all, lot. he was raised a Nordiques fan, not a Montreal Canadiens fan. Okay, right. That's like being a Bruin is the best closest thing he could get to that initial probably rivalry that he had seeing growing up with the Nordiques in Montreal for the love of Quebec. Uh, no. I actually was thinking maybe he won't get an agent. Bergeron's been in this league for almost two decades. He can't argue his last contract to Don Sweeney. I mean, not saying you're not going to have a lawyer to look through the paperwork or whatever, but does Patrice Bergeron at this point even need an agent? Probably I don't not. Know. <laughs> Just saying. Probably like, not. That's funny how you said you never want to hear that again. That's how I feel about sometimes when I think about things. I'm like, I know it's going to happen because, frankly, he can't play forever. But what if he did play forever? What would it be awesome if Bergeron just always was a center on the Boston Bruins? But it can't happen, my friend. That's all right. We'll have to move past that. We'll have to be strong. But for now, he's still our Bergeron, and we'll keep him forever. And no, he will never be a Montreal Canadian because if he does, I'm going to need – to check yeah. in <laughs> with someone. Hundred <laughs> North and a Jigs. It's it's been a long couple years for me and my weird attachment syndrome. <laughs> but Bergeron is like, that's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt. Like in a proud, but like this is sad. But like you get it. Like you know when you're having that. This is just sports moments. And you're like, it's just sports, man. It's just a hockey game. It's just a, it's just a hockey player. And you're getting all choked up. But so, you can't help it. You know what I mean? Like I said, I mean, I started getting choked up even seeing Willie O'Ree get his jersey. I don't know what I'm going to do when Bergeron's number goes in the rafters. I don't. Right. I can't. I want to cry thinking about it. So, all right, we're moving on. Uh, I would like you, if you would, please, sir. Uh, we cut, don't have many topics you guys didn't really cover Uh We've gone through them, kind of what you guys didn't do this weekend. So if you could give us an update on Providence, though, I would love that. Will you give us a little Providence check-in? Yeah. Um, I haven't had much time to do anything on the Providence report with myself. Um, so it's it, it's just I, I need more time in a day. I really want to get this podcast up and running and do it weekly, but it's just a pain in the ass. But what I'll do is uh, until in the meantime, I'll just give you guys a, a quick update about what's going on. So the Providence Bruins have played 29 games and they have 43 games remaining. Currently they are 16, nine, three, one with 36 points. Remember that number, Heather, 36 points. They're on a three game. They're on a three game winning streak, which all three of them came this weekend. Um, Awesome weekend. They are seven, three and all in their last 10 games. Their first place in the Atlantic division. Remember this number 0.621 winning percentage. Now, those numbers that I just said to you, Heather, very weird. And I I don't necessarily agree with the way the AHL does this, but the Providence Bruins are in first place in the Atlantic Division. 16, 9, 3, and 1. The second place team is the Springfield Thunderbirds. They have 40 points, and they have a 6.06 winning percentage. 
And the third place team is the Hershey Bears with 41 points, and they have a 603 percentage. So the 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 Providence Bruins are in first place by virtue of the higher percentage, not the record. Because right. second place Springfield has an 18 11 one record, and third place Hershey has an 18 11 and two record. So that they'd be higher, but it's that winning percentage that gets them to first place. And potentially, if they stay there, that's the three straight Atlantic Division titles. That's amazing. Nice. But the Providence Bruins are a team that normally wake up around this time. Turn of the year is when it seems like Providence gets healthy. Um, there's not so much up and down shell that you know which is down there can start to create a little bit create with their line to get some chemistry and so on um but things are starting to play better and obviously we've got jeremy swayman that's down there right now it's troy grossnick the, the goaltending is not the problem along with kyle kaiser uh not the problem at all but uh things are looking good um right now Stephen Fitty uh in his last 10 games uh has uh, three goals seven assists 10 points he's on a two-game point streak it's for Froden uh, his last 10 games has uh three goals five assists eight points uh Zach Senishin in his last 12 games has seven goals six assists 13 points he's on a four-game point streak uh Cameron Hughes uh, in his last 15 games has seven goals, nine assists, 16 points. Samuel Asseline, who had a hat trick yesterday, which is amazing. I'm sorry, Sunday, Sunday. Um, he has five goals, eight assists, 13 points in his last 15 games, and he's on a five-game point streak. Jack Stadnika, he has five goals, 11 assists, 16 points in his last 20 games. He's on a five-game point streak. And Matt Philippe, Eastern University's Matt Philippe, the last five games, he's um, he's got two goals, two assists, four points, and he's on a three-game point streak. Jeremy Swayman recently sent down due to the um, the addition of Tuka Rask at the NHL Boston Bruins level. Uh, is 2-0-1-0 with a 2.01 goals against average and a .911 save percentage. Troy Grossman was um, by far really doing well as a veteran signing, a free agent signing over the offseason. He's 7-2-1 with a 2.2 goals against average and 0.99 day percentage. And Kyle Kaiser, who's who's doing good, but his numbers don't show it very well. I've really got to you know watch these games on AHL TV instead of just attacking his stats. But he's 4-6-3 with a 2.65 goals against average and a 0.905 save percentage. Uh, the next games for the Providence Bruins uh, come this Friday, January 21st at 7.05 at the Dunk in downtown Providence on LaSalle Street against the visiting Bridgeport Islanders. And the next game after that is Saturday, January 22nd at 7 p.m. on the road in Bridgeport at the Easter Bank Arena to play those same Islanders. And that is it for the week for them. Only two this weekend, which I was disappointed, but still it's all right because they're doing good in their first place. So that is basically your Providence Bruins rundown. Well, thank you very much. I know I saw um, Asseline's hat trick highlights. That was beautiful. Good yeah, for man. him. You I see that twirl? Woo-hoo! <laughs> it was awesome. And we still have to get down there because I still haven't got to go down with you to Providence when you go yet. So 
Maybe we um, can still get I'm something planning done. a trip next weekend, so I mean, well, and next month, next month. I would say month is better. Let me know because you know I gotta work things out. I also yeah. have hockey games. I gotta get people there. So exactly, just dude, he'd be so proud, Eric, if you could see him out there. He's a damn beast on that blue line. I mean, metaphorically, because it's uh, cross ice hockey and there's no blue line. But um, <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Providence Update. Uh, I'd like to, or we'd like to mention right now that. Uh, Zidane Chara, former captain of the Boston Bruins, might have heard of him before. Passed Scott Stevens on the all-time games list uh, yesterday, right? Martin Luther King Day on Monday. He's now 10th on the list. He has 1,636 games. He needs three more to pass Dave Andrzejczyk and 15 to pass former teammate Mark Reckie, who, of course, played with uh, Captain Zidane on the 2011 Stanley Cup uh, run on uh, Rockies last year. Another guy I get a little tear for when he retired because he was awesome. Uh, Mark of our yeah childhood. Uh, yeah, that's it. I just wanted to mention that Captain Zidane, you're a friggin' beast. And uh, Mark, uh, you were saying that he might even be able to pass Chelios if he can play all the games this season. Yeah, that's what I heard on if it was spitting chiclets today or possibly another maybe the deal rundown with Jason Greger. Um, and um, oh god, and this, uh, Frank Scully. Um, so, um, Chris Chellis has like 1600 and something. He said one of those podcasts that if Chara plays the rest of this season, he could definitely pass um, uh, Chelios for the defenseman with the longest games, played. most games. Sorry, fumble. Yeah, that's uh. A pretty big feat. Like, those are the kind of things when you're like, I never think this record's going to get beat, and then you get to see it get beat potentially. It's always very exciting. Um, but, yeah, so Zidane Chara, obviously not the steamroller he used to be, but still chugging. Like, he's, like, especially in our area, everyone always wants to talk about Tom Brady, but Chara's a beast, too. Like, he's, like, got a body oh, yeah. of, like, a 22-year-old, even though he's a, he just keeps moving, you know, and... There are athletes his age that don't look anything like he is, even if he's not how we remember him. So congratulations, Captain. We, of course, will be uh, looking. And, well, Scott Stevens, I still don't love you any less just because now Chara passed you. So <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, the NHL and uh, Elliot Friedman had, uh, at least I saw that, and then you sent it to me too, but I had seen it. Uh, Elliot Freeman has mentioned that the NHL and the NHLPA have reached a new testing agreement to probably be implemented after the All-Star game on the 5th of February. I couldn't remember All-Star weekend for a second. Sorry about that. Uh, any comments on that? What do you think about making asymptomatic players not have to test? This is a huge forward for each of its teams that are struggling with, with keeping – players on the lineup because they happen to be positive, but they're not feeling, you know, sick or down or anything like that. Um, yeah. He's a well-tuned athlete. I think try to page out what basketball are doing to keep their season and so it's, this is the best case scenario because the, the NHL was really nervous about creating too much um, teams further into the year. Um, they don't want to see that happen, and um, they're running out of time. So this was, a, I believe, in an appropriate moment to get this type of involvement. And, um, and you know, let's, let's just, you know, if, you, if you're sick and you're not feeling good, 
you know, we hope you get better, obviously. But if you're not, you just shouldn't be automatically taken out of the lineup and taxi squad members being used, you know, because there's a lot of there's a lot of people that say, you know, I'm all for two points. I don't freaking care who's in the lineup. But there's a lot of people saying that, well, you, you did beat up an AHL team. And do take that as fact and so on. But since you want to put out your best competitive lineup that you can and and this is certainly a way that can help that and uh and we'll get these games regular season they want to do 82 so this is just a great step forward um yeah so it's going to be asymptomatic players don't have to test uh only if you're showing symptoms and obviously cross-border and symptomatic things uh they're saying after the all-star break i don't know it's like it's like i don't think I don't think they have to be should have to be held in protocol until they're negative. I think right. if you test positive, especially if it's a game day, you should probably it'd be a good decision to sit you out just to get a look to make sure you don't have the fever. You don't, you know, because you can even you can be asymptomatic but still spread things. But it, I agree with you that we don't need to be as rigid, especially if everyone truly is vaccinated except for Tyler Bertuzzi and he had it. So he has at least some natural, you know, immunity, this and that to it too. And people have been exposed to it. The teams have had it go through them. Um, Yeah, because it is very, very rigid. Uh, But you also maybe, like I said, if it's game day and someone tests positive that morning, whether they're asymptomatic or not, maybe just not let them play that game. But like you said, not make it so they can't for five days or 15 tests or whatever the hell the rules are. I know it's not that dramatic, but yeah. So it is a good way. I mean, they're determined to get the 82 games in. Do you think there's at any point something might happen that would force them to have to be realistic? And I'm not saying a 56 game season like last year, they had to put it off and start real late, but is it really going to be a tragedy if when every team hits the 72 game mark, if it, I mean, you also don't want athletes dropping just from injury being worn out. What kind of playoffs will that be? If you have to go back to basically playing the AHL rosters on the NHL level too. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, if we can at least get to 72 without everyone dying, basically not to like be so dramatic, but like, you know, like injuries, like ribs, this, that, no, like, you don't want them out there either just being slow and tired and hurt either. Like that's not good for no, them long term it. and it's not good for your product. That's all I mean by that, you know? Uh, yep. But I think it's good. It's good moving forward. I'm glad that the NHL and the players association, which don't always play nicely really have been sticking together on making the most logical decisions. It's not just in the hands. I think, uh, I don't know if it's that way in all the other sports that the, Union also really has as much input as, say, the NHL's players do into policies and these kind of circumstances. But we'll see. Let's get it done, okay? Um, what else did I have? Sorry to – um. oh, you had brought this up. You know, we had the two weeks off during Christmas time or whatever. Uh, do you think that that – and you had said, you know, should that happen every year going forward? I vote yes. I think that a lot of teams, regardless of the – protocols or whatever was happening before the break. I think instead of having weird bye weeks, <laughs> that yeah. they should just do two weeks right exactly. before Christmas to right after New Year's 
and start back up again with the New Year's Day game. That's just me. Go ahead. Well, listen, I mean, th- this whole pandemic thing kind of put this into perspective. We, we canceled and we didn't we postponed six games at the end of um, of uh, December last year, basically two weeks without Boston Bruins hockey. That was just something that, you know, we can look at that from you don't even think about the pandemic, but just think how players, not just Boston Bruins players, but how players would respond to this being done every year. A week right in the middle. You you can you can get your hockey time by going and watching the World Juniors because it's still in that window, maybe a little further outside of it. But I just look at how this Boston Bruins team responds. And I was really afraid of, oh, we have two weeks off and we're coming in. And we're basically playing every other day. Well, I like what I'm seeing right now. And I think the league could benefit and players could benefit from something like this being on a regular. Uh, decompress in the middle of the year. Be with your family for the holidays. Travel. Take a break. Just get away from hockey. Do whatever you got to do. But when you come, it just seems like guys. And we, you know, they're just like fully on board with what's going on now. And they don't seem to have air in the world. And you know, it's, it's back to work. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of want to see this happen more often. And I think players would really enjoy it. I, I agree with you. I think that it's good. First of all, I think a bye week in hockey is stupid. Like in it's football, so it makes sense, right? Because everybody's playing, you know, you get one bye week, but you're only playing 16 games or 17 games, rather 18 games, whatever it is, or however long your team plays. So having one week off doesn't throw all of your warm up, all of your this off because you still might practice on that week, this and that, but it it's not like a week and a half of practicing time. You right. know, that's not necessarily, I think it's perfect to just do the two week shutdown because everybody will be on level playing field, whatever happened before break and whatever happens after break a set, in essence, when they come in for training camp, you're going September, that's four months to about Christmas break, right? Or holiday break or whatever. And then after you got about in a normal year, you'll have about four months to that first week of April into the second week where the season ends in a normal year, right? April 9th or April 6th or whatever is normally the end. And then you start playoffs. It's perfect. You get your eight month season in, but by the time your playoffs start, everybody is going to be still on the even ground. Also, everyone knows it takes the first two months of the season for everyone to really get in their groove. Then you have, even in a normal year, you have stupid scheduling that happens where one team might not play for six days and then they play four games in seven days. Like, I don't know why. It doesn't seem like it should be this hard. Maybe we could play more than two games on a Friday night or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. NHL, just consider it. Uh, Or on Saturday, do an all-day marathon day of games. That's that's cool. Uh, But I agree with you. I think it would probably help scheduling too, right? Like you can see where it is uh, and then have to go with it. But yeah, just, it just seems to me like it's annoying with all the regular weeks and yeah, this year there's a particular amount of shutdowns because they thought they were maybe going to the Olympics. Shout out David Krejci made the Czech Olympic team. I wish pasta was with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Okay. So that's that. I just wanted to mention one more thing before we, a couple things before we start wrapping up. First of all, sorry, not sorry. How funny was it when Tory Krug knocked down that leaf and just started punching him in the face? That was like, funny. Like, what I, like people were like uh, 
whatever captioning it or whatever but the funniest thing was when somebody talks shit and you get hit because you're like blah blah how not to chirp the opposing team's bench brought to you by the st louis blues and tory group like just that was funny you know i love tory but that was really really funny um but on a serious note i'm very excited because the premier hockey federation's board of governors has pledged uh and you know they are going to give 25 million dollars in direct payments to their players over the next five years this is their vision plan that's going to include things like maternity leave and them being equity shareholders and uh just they're raising sorry they're raising the um what is it called salary cap to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars um <laughs> i don't know it's just very exciting very exciting that they're talking two teams, one in Montreal, also expansion teams, one in Montreal, one in the States. Uh, I don't know. Mark, go ahead. No, this is a good um, positive step forward for everybody involved, um, especially these these ladies that put it all out on the regular. Like they're doing 40-hour week jobs and traveling on the weekends to, to play these games. Uh, they're parents, you know, and like I said, they already have, they have jobs and so on. So it's this this will like relieve a lot of the stuff. Um, this is just great steps moving forward because ultimately, what I would like to see is I would like to see each NHL team like sponsor a a um, a, a women's team, teaching Sorry. kids all week and then traveling all weekend to do their thing. Yeah, they're gonna update facilities because I mean the the like where the the pride are lucky in that they get to share like kind of a newer facility with the Bruins just got their facility not that long ago, but not all the clubs have that. Uh, but yeah, that's very exciting. Huge for them. Expansion. They're already talking. I like that. They, they have a plan. They seem to have a vision and a plan. They're sticking with it. They're not doing what sometimes business models do when they try to grow too fast. You got to kind of grow with your company. You got to see the future while living in the present. And I, I do think that they, do that really well on the premier hockey federation and everyone's in like their whole league is bought in on what's going on too, you know? So good for the players of the professional hockey federation. And uh, I'd like to also just mention real quick, their all-star showcase is coming up uh, the 26th, I think a uh, 29th. It's going to be in Buffalo and North town in Buffalo uh, but the Pride have nine All-Stars, nine, including our captain is the captain, you know, of the squad they'll be representing. Um, yeah. So the NHL All-Star game is going to be coming up. That's on February 5th. That's all I've got. I would like to just uh, remind everyone before we start wrapping up, Mark, unless you can think of anything else. No, I just wanted to talk about one more time about the um, Boston Bruins alumni game at the Essex Sports Center. That's 15 Man Road, Middleton, Mass. It's on Saturday, February 12, 2022. Um, it's from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. And it is a game that uh, the Bruins alumni will play against the Essex County Correctional Officers Association. And all proceeds go to Cadence Crusaders, which is uh, an organization spreading awareness for pediatric cancer. So please get involved. 
Yes, please do. Sorry, I don't know. I seem to have dry throat. Good thing we're starting to wrap this bad boy up because it's what day is it? Will you read day? We're about to go watch his banner go up into the rafters. Uh, before we do, I'd like to, as always, ask you to please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts for our program, not just our program, but everyone on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, podcast Network. Us, Dump and Change, The Beehive, Halts on Hockey, Causeway King, Short Shift, Third Line Grinders, Lindroth Hockey Podcast, Mark when he can get to his Providence, but we'll always try to get him at least to get a little update for us on this show, uh, the Providence Hockey Report at AHL Bruins Report, Bruins Report. On, right? Yeah. Did I say it wrong? Um, that's it. Thank you very much. Uh, like I said, please, 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 please rate and review the show, especially on Apple Podcasts if you can. If And that way I can see it. I'll read them out loud, which I used to love to do. It's been a little bit. I'm not trying to say. And uh, this is random, but I hate under, uneven numbers, and I have 691 Twitter followers. So if maybe nine <laughs> more of you could join uh, following me on Twitter so I can have a cool 700, that would be great. I know that's not a lot of Twitter followers. It's more I just don't like odd numbers kind of thing. Thanks, All Mark. Right. You want to do Patreon? Yeah, you're like, you're going yeah. off the rails, and I got to focus you. Yeah. Patreon. Yeah. All right. The uh, Patreon, we do have a Patreon account. It's $1 per episode. If you'd like to uh, support us, we'd truly appreciate it. And do want to be eligible for this program. You're eligible for weekly Boston Bruins related prizes and hand signed jerseys uh, every month. Um, this week is uh, going to, weekly prize is going to Krista P. She's won in the last six weeks. Lucky girl. So I'm going to get her her two gifts um, out as soon as possible. And the uh, the jersey, it is it is January. So we did promise that it was going to be the Terry O'Reilly jersey, hand signed, fully authenticated. This is from Boston's Music. You know, as Sullivan in our mid show program, commercial, whatever. Uh, but he has all this stuff, and so. This is just a buck, guys. And um, this jersey is now uh, going to belong to Mr. Cody Stevens. Congratulations, yeah. Cody. Yeah, awesome. Love. And uh, next month, I already have set. It's going to be the Don Mark month. So February, Ooh. the middle of February, some month is going to be this one. We're going to give away very nicely stitched. It's all it's it's really great quality stuff here. So from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, I think Bruce Sullivan. So we would certainly appreciate the financial support. And financially, you do appreciate retweets and shares, likes. Uh, talk to us. We're, we're good We're good Bruins folks. Reach out and, uh, you know, have a conversation with us on the tweet machine or the Facebook or whatever you use. But, um, yeah, um, that's it. So I got to edit this thing this game so- Willie or night the Carolina Hurricanes are in town and the Boston's are a wagon. So yeah. I want to get this done in this game. So thank you everybody for tuning in, sharing all this you guys do. You're all amazing. We truly appreciate it. And thank you very much, Ella, for ruining the group here. And uh, you know, it's been a couple of weeks, so I'm I get out of you. Let's go watch Willie Ori go to the Raptors, baby. Exactly. That being said, we're out. Mark Oliver, that's Heather Ingerson. Peace out. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. 
please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.